0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. We continue our roots series where we want to focus on the depth, let Jesus take care of the width, and he'll take care of the strength as well. As we connect in Him, rest in Him, as we grow in Him, that's where we find our greatest hope and strength to withstand the storms of life. Because when the storms hit, our roots will grip one of two places, in Jesus or in the world. And we wanna be connected in Him and get this junk out of us in this mess that we're so struggling with. Uh, who here likes roller coasters? Okay, we got some. Who here's uh, ground control with me? Who, who believes that the Lord created gravity and it's a good thing, Right? Uh, so uh, you know, you always got those people that want to get you. They're they're roller coaster evangelists. They are so they, they just make you feel that you're the worst person on the planet if you don't ride a roller coaster, right? They're like, oh yeah, no, no, I get it. If you just ride with me, ride with me. Come on, it's fine, trust me. This one, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And then at the end of it, it's like, did you like that? No, I didn't like it before. I didn't like it during. And I definitely didn't like it after. And I'm totally tight trying to win the basketball hoops, you know, things and throw the little rings. Or can I just do that and spend about $200 and leave with like 13 stuffed animals? Can I do that? Can I do that? And we'd be okay, right? When you take a, you go on the roller coaster, you got the picture at the end of it now, and you got the one person who's hands up, and then you got someone who else is uh, kind of like, just like smiling like crazy, and maybe they're, maybe they got caught in like a weird pose, and then you got the one person who's just like, you know, deathly holding it, like <laughs> that's me, that's me, confession, right, because I think when I'm holding it, um, I'm holding it, and somehow it makes me more secure, like even on an airplane flying here, I tight, tighten my uh, seatbelt and really tight, it just made me feel more secure, because when you're flying on an airplane, it's, it's you, when you say, people say they don't have faith in God. No, 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 no. They, they have faith so big uh, that I can't believe they don't have faith in God because we've never met somebody that was taking care of the airplane. I don't know the pilot, I don't know anybody, but I'm trusting them at 30,000 feet in the air, right? And I can't trust that somehow God made this order and made system Can I could trust him with my life. The reason I bring up a roller coaster is this. I think that's a lot like how we feel. In life, up, down, around, maybe sick. Some of us don't want to go, and maybe some of us have fun for a moment, and then we just got to get back on the ride again. And it's just this crazy adventure in this loop of up, downs, arounds, and because we're, we're being tempted, we're being pressured, we feel despair, we feel struggle. It, 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 this, this beats us down so much that we just sometimes don't even want to play anymore, like I'm out. As we look at the Apostle Paul, he writes something similar to this and uh, God is breathing through him and he's writing what I think sounds a lot like what my diary would sound like. And, and it picks up in chapter seven, verse 15, it says, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Anyone who's ever battled any type of addiction, even as subtle as Uh, your favorite snack. Sometimes you do what you hate. Someone said the other day, I was eating jalapeno chips. They're like, you always regret when you eat those. I said, I said, yeah, duh. Because they were like trying to make me like, why are you eating them? Dude, I know what I'm gonna say at the end of it. Why'd I eat these? Anyone ever done that? Why'd I eat these? Why'd I go there? Why am I hanging out with this person? The struggle is real. And what you see here is verse 16. It says, now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. This is our wrestle. We come in this place, if you don't know Jesus, uh, there's a great grand invitation this morning that you come in uh, way more guilty than you could ever think. And when we think of laws, we think um, just how we understand in a court system today in, in our day-to-day. When we think of laws with God, he instituted them out of compassion and love and freedom. So that's the heartbeat and nature of God. So you gotta understand, if you don't start there, you're gonna get a weird view of God. That's why we have a weird view of God. We start backwards, we're reading his laws and we see what he tells us not to do. So we think he's like bad dad gone wrong. He's the coach. He's like Bobby Knight throwing chairs everywhere. And if we don't do what he wants, he's gonna flip out on us, right? But no, no, no. he gives us these laws because he understands there's some issue in our heart. There's these, there's, we are prone to wander, prone to sin and to not do what's best for us to abide with the father, to connect our roots in him. We're prone to put our roots in systems that are never going to yield the fruit or the benefit, and so, like a good dad, he's trying to lead us in good places. And since he's so good and he's so perfect, that sin could never enter his presence. So you might be here and you say, "Well, um, what does this God Jesus thing work out?" Well, real short, real simple. In this introduction, is this: you are worse than you ever could imagine, and you're separated from God forever. That's that's the bad news but in Jesus Christ, that you're loved more than you could ever dream of. And that if you would just exchange your life for his, there's nothing you have to do to earn it, that you gain new life salvation in Jesus. It's as simple as that. Jesus, take my life, make me new. And you're, that, that it's new, it's faith, it's exchange. And then you start walking and growing and learning and get connected. And maybe you've heard it just the opposite way. Here's what you have to do to get right with God. No, 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 grace this morning. You can be right with God in an instant, in a moment. Just receive the gift. But, but, but has anybody received a gift? My first instinct, anytime I receive something, is to think instantly in my head. I'm like, okay, well, how can I, what can I get them? What can I get them? Right? You feel like it's, now I owe them, or I want to get you something. It's hard to receive sometimes. And maybe you're the person that you're a professional receiver and you need to get a little bit more growing in the giving area. Now there is professional givers here because that's actually a gift of the spirit. It's it's one of the things that God has gifted his people. There's some people that are radically generous. But when you receive a gift from God, there's just nothing we can give him to repay. And so Paul understands this very deeply. He's now saying, okay, I'm in Christ. um, And this law thing has beat us down so much earlier in the verses. It says, well, since, since we're forgiven, should we just sin like crazy? this is where you see kind of the wrestle happen is how people carry out the gospel message. You get personality that plays a part. Some people, they're really good at being militant. They're just great at that. And that's great. You you want them leading us in militant behavior. And there's other people, they're just so good at the lovey-dovey. Oh, they love you so much. So I love you. God, I love it. Right? I mean, I've picked up some of this world, some of this world. I wear essential oils, and I can yell at my kids every once in a while. Okay, no, <laughs> those stereotypes aren't always true. Okay, so just erase those. Um, where was I? Okay, so Romans seven, though, it says where the law comes, and then grace has forgiven us. So should we just sin a lot then, because we have freedom now? He says, no, 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 by no means, but then goes on to describe, Paul's talking about his own personal roller coaster journey, his own struggle here to say, I'm tempted in ways that sometimes I'm not thinking the things I want to think. I'm not doing the things I want to do. And it's a wrestle. And I'm not sure which thing is winning here. And if you come in this place wrestling, there is so much good news today because it is good to wrestle. I think that we undermine the gospel sometimes, but we just limit it in two directions, that uh, if you're wrestling, you need deliverance, or if, if, and if you're so free that you're better with God, do you realize that you could be with God in a great state of just feeling bliss, but you could also be with God in a straight moment when you're lamenting? You're you're, you're complaining almost. You're, God, I'm questioning. I don't understand what's going on. This condition that's with me. I'm being tempted in ways that I I keep going back. I can't believe the things I'm doing, I'm thinking about. And that's, what that is, is that is actually showing you that God has written his moral law on your heart. It's such a beautiful thing to actually have conviction. And to put it in its proper form, to have conviction is, is liberating because God disciplines those he loves. I got a ticket in Philadelphia. We parked in the wrong place. And, uh, we kind of knew it, but we were on borrowed time and we had 20 minutes to go to uh, Shake Shack. Has anyone ever been to Shake Shack? Burger's incredible. Um, incredible. Uh, and go there, we come back and I'm looking, we we had to hurry up and I got this toe sticker on the back of the the rental van. It's like, oh no. So we run up, we get the toe sticker off anyways. It's 76 bucks. Right. And, um, And Devin looks at me. He's like, oh, are we going to, what are we going to do? We're going to just pay it? Or, uh, I said, no, man, we, I got to pay this one. It's, it's a lesson I got to learn. It could have been worse. I think the Lord was just sparing us from our ignorance. And I knew it in my spirit. I was just being an idiot. And, uh, I shouldn't have parked here. It's poor leadership. And he looks at me. He goes, I got you. I got half on it. And, uh, I was like, oh man, that's cool. And, but I felt like I needed to pay the whole thing kind of, Like, oh, I got to earn dad's approval, right? I got to earn God's approval. And it was so neat because I was actually feeling a little down. Like, why would I ever? I I knew it wasn't like blatant do not park here, but it was a little like, you got unborrowed time. If you've been to Philadelphia, they're parking everywhere. So you could justify for days. You could park anywhere. I mean, curbs. But there's, there's like, there's enough room for a moped down the center of the lane over here. I mean, that's just, it's cars everywhere. I could have justified for days, but I remember being convicted and challenged. And then I was kind of condemned a little bit, beating myself up about this ticket. And the Lord, I, he just very calmly he said, I love you. That's why I correct you. That's why you feel this way. And it was so good because it was just supposed to be a little lesson to learn for a moment, to not carry on for the rest of the day, but just learn it to know that the wrestle, hey, this is good. This is good. This means I'm with you. So you might've never even heard this type of thing, that God is with you as you've been wrestling. And the reason you wanna put God outside and just deal with the wrestle by yourself is because you think that you'll never get it right. In Newsflash, you will never get it right. In fact, we're gonna go look at when Jesus was tempted. We're gonna look at how Jesus responded and the strength and the access that we have directly with Jesus in Matthew chapter four. picking it up at verse one. You can read along. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The devil tempts, God doesn't. James 1 talks about that God is not the orchestrator of temptation to lead us to evil, but that God can give redemptive work, do redemptive work in those type of settings and situations. And he's really just turning us over to the own desires that's in our own hearts. It's what's there. You don't have to teach a baby uh, that starts to grow up. You don't have to teach them how to lie. But you gotta teach them how to be obedient. And we have to be taught how to be obedient, but it comes with a rebirth by the spirit of Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit coming alive in inside of us this morning. And so Jesus goes up, he's tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I've laughed so many times at this scripture. Um, this is like comical, right? That after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, come on. That's an understatement. He was famished. Anyone had 40 days, 40 nights. After 40 minutes and 40 seconds, I'm already considering where I'm going to eat again. I've already planned where I'm eating after this. I'm thinking about my next meal. I'm thinking about tomorrow morning's meal. I'm thinking about three things from now. And this is to really set the stage for how much we're ruled by our own passions, In fact, the scripture talks about that if we're not careful, we'll be ruled by the God of our bellies, the God of this world that lead us to the passions and all of the nonsense, which really takes us away from our good, good father, the good, good nature of who God is. And the tempter came and said to him, because Satan is a liar, y'all. And you might not know the aggressive battle that's on your life. I think there's two contexts where we hear about Satan. Sometimes you're around people and all they do is there's Satan in everything. <laughs> you're like, he is in everywhere. Is he in every commercial, every Disney film? Is there anything I can watch, right? Is there anything we can even do? Is there a place we can think or see? Is there anything? And so you're so, you're like, whoa, not to that crowd. And then there's over here, it's just like, hey, man, Satan isn't anywhere. Well, no, no, no. The early church fathers understood, as we study them, they understood that there was times when they met opposition from from demonic influence, and they had to pray and 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 they resist and stand firm in Christ to who He is. And so there is a battle on your life, and I think there's three different ways that you could be tempted. Um, There's just the one good old fashion, which is it has nothing to do with anything. Then you and me, we're just imbeciles. There's no other better way to put it. That we just do dumb things that isn't a credit to anything. It's just we're letting the wrong things in our ears, our eyes, and in our thoughts. And we're uh, we're cages. We're in a prison of our own behavior uh, because we're, we're, we're being led astray just by good old fashioned Dumbness, and we got to get out of that today. Okay. The second thing is, Satan is real. He comes at times when he knows that something's been going on. He's been studying you your whole life, and he doesn't just come blatant like if somebody came in here and said, "Hey, I'm looking to rob a bank, and who wants to come? Who wants to be in prison anywhere? No, we're not signing up." But if he comes subtly, it's always a good thing. It's so fascinating when I look back to times in my life when I was telling leaders, you know, when you're professionally thinking of ways to sin and you're always justifying. But, but, yeah, no, this one's great. No, this friend's awesome. This place is fine. And and you could just see it. You're like, no, you're dying. You're off a degree. Yeah, but it's just a degree. No, no, no. Where does the degree lead? Off two, three, four, five. So 99% of the truth is still 100% lie. And this is why it's so important how we define what is true. Is there truth? Jesus claims that he's the way, the truth, and the life. So it's really good to examine who he is and how he responds. And I think it's really good to examine in our heart and our life today to to say, okay, we might be in some mess, but who's going to get us out? We see Jesus gets us out. And if you are the son of God, uh, Satan's talking to him, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What's Jesus doing? He's quoting scripture. I love that because now it gives you the ability to do the same thing he's doing. Now, when you, when you hear about Jesus, you know, feeding 5,000 people with just a couple loaves, some, you're like, what is going on? I've tried to do that and it didn't happen. Or you hear about Jesus walking on water. We've all maybe heard that story and then you ran out in the ocean You you lasted about 0.1 seconds. You didn't walk on water. It didn't happen. And so your faith could even be, come with doubting or discouraged. But I love that this, this is really starting to show you some practical in the supernatural of the word of God that you can't battle on your own, I can't battle on my own, but in the word, we can battle Satan. And accurately knowing the word, this is why it's so important because it's gonna continue as we're gonna see this this, um, really fascinating interchange um, of Jesus and Satan and how scripture records it of how Jesus is led by the spirit in the wilderness And I love the result of what's gonna happen. Uh, The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. It is written. Now you notice he's coming at his identity. If you're the son of God, you notice how Satan will accuse the brethren day and night. So he will accuse you day and night to question whether or not you're in Christ. You know, Revelation talks about that the only way we overcome is by the blood of the lamb, Jesus, and by the word of our testimony. So describing what God has done, because the further that testimony point comes away, so distance, for me, it's 14 years ago, the more it can almost feel, wait, I don't even remember that moment, but the more I talk about it, I'm connected to it. That's why if you notice marriages that are super healthy, they're always telling about the story. Tell us, tell us about the story of when you guys met and they're able to you know, lay it out, got the whole story. Uh, it, something healthy happens because it's a testimony. And maybe some of us were convicted right now. We, we've given up on the testimony. We stopped saying the testimony of what God has done and what he's doing. It's okay to speak it and you tell your brain to say, you know, that's most true. What I'm thinking is a lie. Because Satan is coming and he's saying, if you're a son of God, are you a daughter of God? Are you a son of God? Are you sure? He's always mocking in the same exact way. And he says, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. And on their knees, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. What you have here is Satan's using scripture. So everyone that comes talking about God's word, uh, th- you don't always should just receive it. In fact, I always encourage you, why don't you go back home and read it for yourself and start to get the context of how God's speaking to you and God's word for you and what he has and what's accurate. And then how can we read it together? Because scripture was read in public settings and together because God didn't want for us to just alone, only be this lone ranger Christianity. He knew it was a family. And so we're supposed to rightly divide. We're supposed to uh, gruel and wrestle and study the text. But here's the, here's the essence of it. You got to get this. If it's just head knowledge, we're on the outside looking in. It's got to be heart and head connected, mind, body, spirit, soul. We got to be connected logically and emotionally. Because and you can get somebody so connected logically and you're just like, where'd the emotion go? And then you get somebody so connected emotionally and you're like, I wouldn't let you drive me a block right? And so there's this uh, beauty, this art. They kind of come together like train tracks has really come together. And Jesus says to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord, your God, to the test. What you have is Jesus is saying, look, I'm submitted. I'm under authority. And that's a good thing because I know the ruler is the father. And I'm fully God, fully man, fully present, fully tempted. In fact, we learn that he understands our suffering and our weaknesses. And we have a high priest that can empathize with us. I love it that Jesus is a leader that doesn't just say, do this. But he says, I'm going to do this. Come with me. Watch me. Now follow me. I'm going to teach you. Now you go do also. So we have someone who leads all the time, great. Leads all the time, beautifully. And that's so good because in a world where it seems that you can't put your trust in any system, you can't put your trust in any type of person, place, or thing, it's gonna let you down. Jesus continues to not let you down. Study him, learn him. I pray that um, your affections for Jesus would radically grow today. And then in verse eight, it says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. This is Jesus being tempted by Satan and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I think we could easily say that it's, we would choose God, but I'm telling you, all the kingdoms in their glory. Think of the nicest places you could ever think. I mean, this is Google Earth and its finest right now. This is HD, that's the very things that is what Satan's limited authority for a limited period of time, because God is not on our timeline. If he was, he'd do a lot of different things that I pray for, but I'm so grateful that he doesn't always answer my prayers. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So God is often late on our timeline, but he's never late on his. And so he's thinking long-term. He's thinking eternal. He's thinking uh, ever legendary. And, and we're thinking carnal. We're thinking, uh, we're just thinking just like the children of Israel. We're thinking, I want, I just want to go back to where it was nice. This hard thing, this following you, I can't ever get it right. But God's thinking eternal and he's saying, I have a home for you. And it's so, that's why I tell you. And if it wasn't, I wouldn't tell you that. So he takes them and he shows them the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. You've heard about celebrities. Sometimes they say they sold their souls. There's even been people that said they've, they've literally bowed to, to Satan. And uh, there's maybe in your life, maybe you haven't consciously, but even subconsciously, you, you think of some of the settings that you're kind of esteeming worth in. And this is what we're doing. We're, we're putting worth in, in, a, in a system that's led by darkness. And so in essence, we're worshiping. worshiping. The word worship means to literally bow down. And we say, well, I'm not bowing down. Well, how about, is our money bowing down? Is our actions bowing down? It's kind of challenging, right? We're on that wheel, that roller coaster. And then Jesus says to him, "Begone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. I believe today there's uh, some people that have been in this tempted wheel, um, this wilderness season, if you will. And this is just a little bit of liberty and prayer for a minute. Just something that I've been feeling is, um, and we're ready to quit before God's ready to provide. And what I mean by that is uh, it seems that it's so easy to quit and just give up. I'm just going to go to these desires. I can't finish it. I can't, I don't have the ability on my own, like Paul writes. I don't, I'm, I, the, I'm also just given to these desires because it's so challenging. But if we understand the nature of God and what Jesus has done is the very essence of how Jesus is ministered to here is what God wants to do for us in those moments as well. Provide angels to minister to us provide his spirit to be present with us, give us his word to to grow and nurture us, to give us a community to help pray for each other and to grow through these moments. And, And we give up, but God is in the midst of providing what the promise is. That he has the promise at hand, but yet we wanna turn back to Egypt every single time. You know, Paul continues to write in verse 24, it says, wretched man that I am. You can almost think, man, he's such a downer. What is he doing? Is he having a down day this day? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me from this body of death? You've lived long enough. Life has a way of making sure that you'll know that your body is just an instrument of death. You'll get discouraged and disappointed to the point to where you won't be able to see hope and on the other side, and you'll see other people live in a glimpse of hope. And you maybe you'll have uh, just slivers or slices of a pie for a season, but it just doesn't seem to fulfill. It's this body of death. And I think it's, uh, it's healthy to kind of ask this question because really what you're doing is you're examining your life before God. That God is holy, he's perfect. Are you still with me? Is anybody still with me? Okay, we got a couple more minutes here. That he is worthy and he's perfect. But it continues to this, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I only serve the law of sin. And then the chapter, this is the power verse, but you gotta, the verses before it, wretched man, I'm battling. I don't have the ability. Things I wanna do, I don't do. And this is where the power lies. Romans 8, one, therefore, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In, to abide, in the home. It's the essence of it, that you're in, that you're in Christ Jesus. And so where he goes, you're going. When God looks down, he sees Jesus. He doesn't keep seeing your mistakes. And so well then, should we just mistake all the more? No, 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 you must not know what you've been forgiven of if we wanna choose a life of sin. Because when we know what we're forgiven of, we want to be so obedient because we're grateful. We're excited. The way my kids will try to manipulate to make sure we're going to get the Chuck E. Cheese once a month. I mean, we should be trying to manipulate in the best way possible to, to obey God because he's that good. He really is. And so the desires and the affections, and I've said this a few times the last few months, um, we need more people and I need more people championing the call of God in my life. Meaning, I don't have enough people that talk to me about eternal things. You might think a pastor would have uh, people that just talk to him about eternal things. Absolutely not. Because the world is, think of it. That's probably why we're described as salt and light, right? It's like a candle. Don't light it. Don't put it beneath the bed. Pull it out. Let the light shine because there's a lot of darkness. And, And darkness doesn't want you to win, They want to tempt you. They want to get you distracted. They would love for you to be in the club. They want your marriage to be horrible. Darkness, love it. And you feel like you're this little light in the midst of it. You're like, hey, why even shine anymore? Well, good news is, man, that little light God lit, that little light God put there, and he still wants you to shine because that little light he gave you, and that little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And so we need more people telling us this, that today, I hope you hear the voice of heaven saying this to you, that there's no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. And how this plays out is, is for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So this law, this legal requirement has now been removed, not guilty. You're free. I was sitting with a guy. uh, He was Zig Ziglar's right-hand guy for 21 years. Zig Ziglar is one of the top sales consultants in the whole entire world. And I was sitting down with him and he was telling me, He says, I see big things for you. And I remember sitting there, I said, I said, man, I don't think I have the character or integrity to sustain whatever you're talking about. And he stopped me uh, in the conversation. He goes, I wanna tell you something. You were 100% wrong about something. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you said, I don't think I have the character to sustain this. He goes, I wanna tell you something. You do not have the character to sustain it, but Jesus in you does. And he goes, you find freedom when you actually understand that God is the one working this out. That it's by grace you've been saved. It's by grace that you're being saved. It's by grace that you can be obedient. For grace has set you free, live free. Why are we wrestling? Why are we constantly bombarded? Why are we turning back to the temptations? It's because we're not being who God has called us to be, sons and daughters of the Most High to be liberated, to actually understand that it's the wrestle's real, it's gonna be there. The wrestle is an indicator that you're probably on the right path. It shouldn't be a discouragement to lead you back into wilderness because the wilderness is a direct parallel of God's people for 40 years back in the wilderness when they were taken out of Egypt. So in Deuteronomy 8 lays this out, the heart condition of us. It says, the whole commandment that I command you today, that you should be careful to do, that you may live and multiply to go and possess the land that the Lord swore to give you to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord, your God, has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. You think you've had some tough years? Man, 40 years of testing. And maybe you can relate. Maybe it's 40 years for you, but some of us, it's not been 40 and we're still crying. That he might humble you, testing you, to know, you to know what is in your hearts. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let your hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone. You've seen how it connects? The very nature of the old covenant now is being fully redeemed and fully displayed through Jesus in the new covenant. But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then that in your hearts, that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Now the 40 years, this is where we're ending. 40 years shows the heartbeat of you and me fallen from God. But then Jesus, the very way, this is what I love about God, he comes in the most redemptive way to our darkest wilderness. So your darkest place, you can say, well, I I know what I'm being tempted with. Well, guess what? The very things that, that the enemy means for evil, God means to turn around for good, for those that are called according to his purposes, who love God with all their heart. And so we just gotta sometimes trust him in the midst of the storm. The miss when our roots are going crazy. We got to say, you know what? There is no condemnation. I am free. I am new. I am born. You know what? The wilderness, that was a moment, but God's taking me to the promise because now the promise is in Christ. He went into the wilderness for me so that we don't have to go there anymore. That's the essence of it. That he went to your darkest place. That our wilderness, here, here get this. Our wilderness in Jesus is beautiful, but our wilderness is Jesus's invitation To freedom. So what the world is leading us to this path that leads to destruction and death, that God is saying, hey, would you give that to me? Because I could make you new. I can make you free. Will you lay it all down? Will you lay it all down? Lay it all down. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. I've laid stuff down and I pick it back up again. Because when you lay it down, it's a process. It's a daily process. There was an old Christian rap group, Daily Process. You might Daily Process. I thought it was so good because it describes this, this wrestle. That's a process, it's a journey. That we have everything in Christ, but it's yet not fully uh, like manifested. We're still battling. Like heaven isn't here yet, we see glimpses of it. But how we really get to walk in that freedom is by really just letting God lead in the midst of it and understanding that he went there so we don't have to. So I could try to make it clean again. I, um, we're gonna close in prayer. And if you feel like you've been tempted just in this season in in, in, in potent ways, you've been tempted maybe to to just walk away from Jesus for a season. Uh, you've been tempted to, to do things that you don't want anyone to know about. Uh, maybe you're doing things that you don't want anyone to know about. I've seen people who have ran from Jesus in seasons, and they they uh, when I ask them, man, how are you doing? And they kind of you know head down, and I say, well, man, God, God is with you. He still has a plan for you. And they they say they always say this. I hope so. I hope so. I saw someone last night, dealt with all kinds of uh, addiction, uh, pain, um, gangs. Uh, w- one of my friends that I mean, old school. And I said I said God is with you, man. He's he said I hope so. And I I thought, that's exactly what sometimes we think. We say, well, I'm wrestling, I'm struggling but I hope so. And I think just the hope so, it starts to get you off a little bit. It's not what God's word said. God's word says, once you're in Christ, you're in there and he will sustain you. And then if you could believe that, what happens is, is that, that mistake that was gonna turn to two mistakes and then three mistakes, four mistakes, you cut it off right at the face and you start to get people in your life so it doesn't continue to spiral for the rest of your life. And then you're looking at the end and you're saying, well, at least I got this one moment with Jesus. No, no, you can have a life now, but understanding that you can't do it on your own, period 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 so if you're here today and you uh you need prayer you need prayer from um just man you are sick of the satan knocking on your door and you want god to just bring freedom well would you stand and um if that's you i'm standing and uh i should sit and then stand so you really understand i mean business i'd be like yep i need prayer (laughs) and um i do because the enemy is always trying to work. He did, in fact, when you see him working, that should be a time to rejoice. God must be up to something. Because when Jesus was in the wilderness, then he was about to enter prolific game time ministry. He was about to enter this season. He was, they was being proven in the testing grounds. And now he's about to do something next. And then guess what? He left it to you and me. But he gave us the Holy Spirit and he gave us his word. If uh, you feel comfortable, um, I I didn't do this for the 9.30, so this wasn't premeditated, but I I feel like an act of surrender. If you feel comfortable just raising your hands, God, we surrender. Uh, We surrender today. We can't do it. We wave our white flag saying, God, um, have complete control. The enemy's been trying to come in, he's trying to grab us and and he's trying to uh, distort and distract and rob our attentions and our affections. And he's trying to distort our passions, take our dreams. And Satan, you are rebuked by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the authority of Jesus Christ over every person here. You can't rob them any longer. I pray today that there's a spirit of freedom, a spirit of hope, of life and joy and laughter. God, that we would think about eternal things, that we would do the small things well unto you, that we would love and forgive and say I'm sorry and ask for help even when we don't want to. God, that we'll work through, that we'll be okay with the mess, that we will bloom and we'll keep our hands to the plow and we won't get discouraged or disappointed when things don't turn out the way we want them to and then try to go back to the old ways that God today we would look to you stay fixed on you, that you are our prize you are the joy, you are the hope, you are the one you're the one leading us, God take the wheel, Jesus now God we lay it all down we lay it all down God, thank you for restoration in this place. For those that have hurt and been abused, God, you're making things new today. For those that have been confused and struggle with doubt, today you're starting to provide clarity and freedom. And God, for those that are in turmoil, and it seems like the waves and the roller coaster and the motion sickness is just never ending, right now you are giving peace peace and for people here that are wondering what's the plan God has for me and I pray that they will seek you first in your righteousness and then all things will be added unto them that they'll trust you, that you take care of the birds you take care of the lilies, you will take care of your kids and we know that you know how to give good gifts and so we look up God, today I pray for um, a deposit of qualities, not things, but qualities, love and steadfastness, that our roots would be long-suffering and gentleness and kindness and meekness, that we would be known as a people that reflects the love and compassion of who you are, your goodness and your kindness. Holy Spirit, lead each person um, throughout this week when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, God, I pray that they will remember that they have life abundantly in you. We believe that. We know that the best is in you. And so we rest in you. We trust you and thank you that we're rooted in you. You take care of the rest, God. Do what you do best. God, we commit and we submit and we surrender to you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.